0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Way Down South Radio. I'm Larry Luke. Tonight we're in a interesting predicament. I originally was going to hang out with my friend Tyler, uh, social distance of course to watch the Braves playoff game because uh, we both love the Braves. But uh, first inning wasn't so great and we just decided to record a podcast instead. So welcome to the show Tyler under these circumstances. Thanks, Larry. I'm beginning to think we're a little cursed with this stuff. Yeah, I think the last time we decided to watch the Braves together. Was last year. Was it last year? It was a playoff game as well. And the Braves gave up 10 runs in the first inning of that game. Yeah, I remember it was like a six o'clock start, similar.
1: We were going to Hampton and Hudson to watch the game, and I had to leave a little bit late and they get to Hampton and Hudson at maybe six, six twenty. And I get there before you and I look at the TV and I see it's ten nothing. I'm like, God, there's a playoff game going on right now. Why are they showing this replay? Like <laughs> and why
0: why isn't uh freed pitching? What's going on? Right. And, and it wasn't a replay, it was it was it was the game five against the cards, and I showed up and I already knew the score because I had been following it on my phone as I was walking down the street sure. in Inman Park. And uh similar circumstance tonight uh tyler's bringing pizza hut over we're all excited to geek out and drink some coca-colas and watch the game and eat some pizza hut <laughs> and uh as tyler's on the way over uh i think we had just given up a grand slam yeah and, and tyler's like should i just turn around and go home like if i hadn't had the pizza hut i probably would have done that <laughs> fair enough i not yeah, want to let you yeah. down enough. I mean, I actually went to uh, Publix and picked up some delicious chicken tenders for us as well. So uh, we had the food, and I guess that's what brought us together.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Usually does. Yeah. But uh, what else do we want to do about this Braves uh, thing? Because I actually wanted to talk more about the Falcons, but Braves are still on. They're losing 15-1 to right now. And uh, how's your feelings about the rest of the series? I just... I don't know what to think. Yeah, I, I and now I'm not going to sit here and I'll root for
1: anyone in Atlanta. I probably don't follow the Braves as closely as I used to, but, you know, still root for them, still want the city to do well. And, you know, I'm not sure I'm the, the foremost expert to talk about him, but it seems like, you know, hopefully this is just a one-game aberration, but I guess with, with the five runs scored last night in the ninth inning and then the explosion for eleven on the first today. I just hope that I hope that the guys have one they can shake off this game and two that they never remember they're from
0: Atlanta um, or <laughs> or they're gonna think this is just kind of in their DNA. Yeah, I I struggle so hard with this like cursed sports city narrative, and on nights like this I get proven wrong, and it makes it so much harder for me to like fight up this mountain of like. Hey, we're not a cursed city. Like this happens to other cities too, but I don't know if it happens in this kind of way to other cities. Like other teams might like go to the playoffs and burn out. That's one thing, but like we tend to lose catastrophically, and I think that that's the scar tissue that remains amongst Atlanta fans.
1: I don't think we're necessarily cursed. I think we are tortured. Tortured is a nice way to put it. Yeah, I don't think it's like there's something working against us. I think we just haven't put together the teams to win these things. And, you know,
0: other I guess other than the Falcons, but um, yeah, we'll get to that yeah. in a moment. Uh, I also have this weird theory that some people, especially on the Twitterverse that are Atlanta sports heads, is they almost revel in this in a way that to where it like becomes part of folklore and it's almost sexy. Remember before the Cubs won the World Series, yeah. it was like almost cool to be a tortured Cubs fan. Yeah. And everybody was like kind of rooting them for them because they were the lovable losers. And I I think that that's starting to get in the heads of people in Atlanta these days.
1: Yeah, I hope not. I think that's a very loser mentality. I hate it. I I don't think it's There's no, I mean, you could turn it around at any time, you know, you know, people want to talk about the teams being, you know, cursed or whatever. And honestly, it's, it's on, you know, partly on the fans too, to show up and, and be there for them no
0: matter what. So it's kind of a full circle thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm here no matter what, that's for sure. And one other thing, you know, that goes back to the like Atlanta influences, everything kind of mentality where what other city has teams that you can watch in the playoffs and when they cut to commercial breaks they play music from that city and it feels so authentically them like when they play roll out when they're cutting to commercial like after after a break like a great breaks inning like that feels so Atlanta to me but like can you call, say that that even happens for another city and their music scene like that doesn't happen yeah I wouldn't say so I mean maybe some more like Miami, but, you know, it's such a more niche. Or, like, I guess if the Yankees were doing something, they'd play, like, Empire State of Mind. Yeah. But, like, it just doesn't have that same, like, authenticity, if you ask me. Like, right.
1: Well, I think the fact that, you know, the majority of the sports leagues in our country, you know, minus hockey, are predominantly African-American and black, you know, dominated. And, you know, Atlanta is the hip-hop mecca. Is the it's the black capital of the United States. And um, I think that, you know, the music we produce here is, is true to that. And, you know, I think a lot of athletes can really resonate
0: with that. Yeah, I totally agree. And what I love to see is people like big boy or uh, any, any performers or entertainers from Atlanta will rep Atlanta through and through always. And I don't see them lamenting these curses. So I, I I call it like peanut brained to to even try to like go down that alleyway of saying like oh Atlanta sports
1: yeah. yeah I think another thing that kind of hurts us is Atlanta is such a you know we don't care how you have fun city it's like yeah sometimes going to the games is a lot about being a fan sometimes it's about
0: being seen so that's true I mean especially with us of having gone to so many Atlanta Hawks games right. in our years that atlanta hawks fans can sometimes i wouldn't even say fans i would say atlanta hawks fans are there at the tip and they stay through the fourth quarter but then there are other people that go to basketball as entertainment and in that they show up in the middle of the second quarter they take their pictures they go get halftime drinks they leave after the third quarter unless something's happening unless lebron's in the building or something like that but, yeah, it's 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 more a, a scene. It's yeah. a pregame before another event. And, I, you know, almost the point where it's like that's just who we are.
1: So we just got to embrace it. And I think it just makes us kind of a, a cooler sports scene that we do have this scene, you know, go there to be seen atmosphere. And, you know, that's other cities might have a bunch of diehards. Honestly, you know, sometimes Phantom is kind of a little weird. So... To almost make it a, a place to be, and you know, the place where the stars come
0: and show, and, and I think that's kind of cool. I think that's cool too, in that all, all of our teams have kind of different vibes amongst the fan culture. Too. Definitely, and I think that that just goes to show like how much complexity there is to art the citizens of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and and what we're interested in, and the, the habits that we have when it's game day for whatever particular team. So with that, I know you are a season ticket holder for the Atlanta Falcons. If you can call it that. What so, do you yeah. mean? <laughs> 300, 300
1: level, 18 rows up. I mean, you, uh, we can barely see the game from where we are,
0: but yeah, we're <laughs> you, in there. You, I mean, you have a PSL, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For so, now. For now. <laughs> so they have opened up the stadium for a limited capacity games. Are you planning to attend? No. Um, I like, not that it's obviously
1: there's the COVID related aspect of it, but personally, I I don't go to games because my view is good. I go there because the atmosphere is awesome because the view from my couch is way better. Um, and with only 10,000 fans in the stadium, I just don't care that much about football to want to see it live in person when I can just sit on my couch.
0: So that coupled with the, the COVID aspect of it, um, I'll just wait until next year. Wait till it's safe to be there. Wait till it can be a full stadium. Right. And wait till they can maybe put together a winning run. Yeah. Maybe string together a few wins.
1: I'm sure that as upset I as I am right now, being 0-5 and, and blowing leads and looking terrible and embarrassing and wasting another year of Matt Ryan and mm-hmm. Julio, um, they'll do something this summer to draw
0: me back in and make me believe that this is our year and yeah i mean uncle arthur's always been about that right like he will go out and make the signing or yeah do something to like have that marketing angle which yeah. is cool yeah he does he's a disciple of walt disney he looks like him too <laughs> i always thought he looks like the the logo itself like he looks like the falcon yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> but as much as we want to clown arthur blank I think he's that. one of the best owners in sports. Yeah, I think so, too. And um, furthermore, he's showing that within the Atlanta community this week, uh, basically buying, building, and buying a hospital yeah. for children in Atlanta. $200 million
1: and for children's health care of Atlanta. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the legacy off the field is cemented. Yeah. So, I, you know, respect and props to him for, you know, I mean... He put he builds the product that makes us show up, regardless of whether they win or lose, we're still showing up. Other than like this year, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you know, he he built this Atlanta United team very quickly, and they won a trophy, uh, several trophies, and so that's been really fun to to have um, to kind of hold us over to while our other teams aren't performing. So right, it's been pretty good. Um, but on the Falcons' tip. How do you feel about the Dan Quinn firing this week and Thomas Dimitrov?
1: You know, I think it's a little bittersweet in the sense of like, you know, we look around the league and we look at what, let's say, Adam Gase is doing and really just ostracizing his players. His players want out and, you know, they're 0 5 as well. But, you know, what you don't see with the Falcons is the players turning on the coach as well. And I think this just speaks to kind of the person who I think we think Dan. Dan Quinn is, is a good person. Um, he just didn't have the best schemes to get it done. I don't think the players necessarily ever quit on him, um, but I just don't think he had necessarily the, like I said, the scheming and the game plan to, without Kyle
0: Shanahan, get us back to the Super Bowl or even keep us a winning franchise. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's almost like it would continue to go downhill Oh yeah. after the Super Bowl, which... Still hurts to bring up. It's like it's. I don't think it's something I'll ever get over. Yeah. Um, and that just makes me more Atlanta than some, the next right. person. Uh, but it does bug me out. I'll tell you this. Like an anecdote from, from uh work. Like I have a few coworkers that uh recently moved to Atlanta and decided to bring it up, in uh, just a casual conversation, and I was like. Yo, I was having a fine day. We were very productive today, and then like you just had to bring up the Super Bowl. Like you didn't have to do that today, and and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like that mean person and lash out and be like, yo, like you don't talk to me like that or about that. Like it's a sore subject. But at the same time, you would hope that like some people would have a little more couth about it. Where <laughs> are they from? Probably from New England.
1: No, they weren't
0: from New England. They're from, from other states. There's multiple. It's multiple. It's not yeah. just one person. I
1: mean, I think that at some point, you know, you kind of almost have to laugh about it because at this point doesn't feel real. It still, it never felt real. It felt real because I was there. Yeah. And, you know, in Houston and, and saw the collapse and, uh, you know, while we were in the city, and it's just. I you mean, know it doesn't it just doesn't feel real. so for me, it doesn't necessarily hurt as much just because I've tried not to let it rule my life because it's so easy because it's such a fun sport and the city and the sport and and the Falcons meant so much to me. It's like they've almost I kind of wish it meant more, but it's kind of like as they continue to lose, they forced me to care even less and like <laughs> taught me, don't let them hurt you. And, yeah, and it's like hey, it's it's a football game.
0: Yeah, that's totally that's that's totally the right way to look at it. About all sports, right. I would say, and that this is. But I wish it hurt. <laughs> I wish it did hurt. You wish it hurt. Like I wish that I could look back at that
1: Super Bowl and consider it an aberration. But what these last five years have taught us is this is who we are, and that's the part that sucks. But I mean, then,
0: so what? What's the credit for getting us all the way to the Super Bowl? I mean, I think we got hot. I think I think our team is still
1: talented. I just. And i think obviously you see what kyle shanahan did i I mean i think it was a lot of kyle i think it was his game planning his scheming and i think it was dan quinn's like you know building of the personalities within the the locker room yeah and building up those players and and building a culture i think he was i think he's great at that i don't think he's a great football coach
0: yeah i saw a quote from someone who writes about business this week and she was saying that you can identify a great manager by being the person that eliminates the roadblocks for the people that work with them to succeed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and Dan Quinn was probably that at the time. Probably. He's like, hey, I know what you're good at. Let me like make it easier for you to be great. Right. So he may not have necessarily been calling the plays at the time, but he he knew how to like capture lightning in a bottle. So, right. So.
1: Yeah, I think in the terms of, let's just say the offense, I think he knew what Shanahan was and how talented he was. And he said, hey, just get out of his
0: way. Let him do his thing. I remember that season being able to, like, almost know what plays they were going to be calling. Yeah. I was like, you know, they're going to do play action and Julio's going across the middle and he's going to get, like, 25 yards right now. And it would happen. Yeah. Uh, but It's crazy we don't throw call play like that anymore. We don't. When
1: we have the exact same personnel, if not better, with Ridley and and Gurley. And even
0: Hurst is pretty serviceable. Hurst is talented, I yeah. would say. Um, yeah, yeah, now we just hand it off to Gurley up the middle uh, three times and then punt. Yeah, it's... Do we want to give any props to uh, my kicker, or do we not want to talk about that tonight? I mean, I think it's
1: interesting that we and this is 100% legitimate, I don't know why we don't onside kick every single time. Mm-hmm. Our defense isn't going to stop them anyway. So, why not just give the offense more more opportunities? I mean, young Koo is...
0: I mean, he did an onside kick uh, last week, but it was unsuccessful. But it was like right. waning seconds of right. the game. So, we were going to lose anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would I say... think he's the best number seven in Falcons history. <laughs> don't say that. This is really controversial, man. I mean, we don't have to go down that road, but yeah, I don't think he, I don't think it is. I mean, Mike Vick was a legend. Yeah, off-field stuff, a lot of mistakes, and that t- that tarnished things. Young Wake, who's young, he could still, he could still do something crazy. He's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to. He's the best. So Falcons, like, get give me the opportunity to interview him on this podcast, please. But really, I mean here's me i'm being really sensitive like i'm just going really sports fan right now cuz i do realize that there's still a pandemic going on and there's a lot of things happening this year that where sports is a great distraction from that um, but i get really sensitive when i go on twitter and i see people saying like Young who sucks or he's he's the worst kicker i've ever seen and that kind of thing and i'm like dude nailed a 54 yard the other day the, the, the dude does Onside kicks like more effectively than anyone in history. Yeah, like what? How, how, has, how, that, has anything positive ever been uttered on Twitter? I <laughs> guess not. I guess not. But I, I guess I should just stay off Twitter during sports. But it's hard not to. I live for a good meme too. That's know? true. But yeah, I just I get protect protective because like he he's my guy, and you know why? Because it's because he looks like me, and there's not a lot of opportunities to root for Asian players that play in Atlanta specifically. So that's been cool. So anytime there's an Asian pro athlete in Atlanta, I have to own their jersey. So who all's on the list? Jeremy Lin. (laughs) I got that. I got the Jeremy Lin Hawks jersey. Got the Young Way Koo Falcons jersey. And I think that's pretty much it. I remember there
1: was this one Braves pitcher, I cannot remember his name, that was in another big playoff game and absolutely pooped in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Was it... Chan
0: Ho Park? No. Was the, was he even a pitcher? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Well, starting from Jeremy Lin on, it's happening. But what I think is cool is like you look at Koo's stats, and uh, a player like him, a player like Young Ku Koo scores like the majority of the Falcons' points these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess maybe that's the case for a lot of kickers yeah. in general. But uh, you you don't look at it, but they're they're constantly putting up three points, three points, three yeah. points, and that that adds up. And it's never really dawned on me to the to the way it does now. Because now I'll add up, I'll be like, "Yo, who had sixteen points today? It's awesome! It's a good day, <laughs> yeah." So it means
1: we probably don't have the most efficient efficient offense on. The- yeah,
0: that means we're stalling out in field goal range. Yeah, which not great for all everyone else. Um, yeah. Well, what did you think about Quinn? You know, I liked the whole brotherhood thing he brought in at first, and I bought in. I think the players really bought in, but at some point, I, I don't know who said it this week, but some player went out to the media and said the brotherhood thing died after 2018, and uh, I don't know what that was about, but I thought initially he came in and made a huge splash, and I was totally in on it, but... You know, I would say midway through last season, where they went one and seven to start the season in 2019, I was like, maybe it's time to make a change. But then he had like a pretty, he finished what, six and two or something. Uh, and I guess that's what helped him keep his job. I really thought that it would have been easier to kind of peel the Band-Aid off, so to speak, last season so that we could have started fresh this season. New uniforms, new mentality, like new roster, new coaching staff, all of that. I, I would have rather that have started then instead of like now. And especially now thinking about it in that, like we don't have anything else to do but watch sports. And so now it's like when the Falcons are on, I'm definitely watching it even when they lose. But like I wished I had something more to cheer for other than the kicker stats. Right. And, and so if we could have started a new five weeks ago, I, I think we'd probably have more wins.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's also is like, you're seeing some decent success out of the, the coaches that were hired this off season. and Maybe we get one of those, whether it's Matt rule, who's taken a terrible Carolina team. Um, and I think they're three and two. It's, I mean, you know, one, probably one game out of the division lead and um, competitive, maybe not three and two, but, you know, Matt rule or Kevin Stefanski, obviously Joe judges has some issues in New York, but you know, you just wonder how many of these, these coaches did you miss out on, or, you know, maybe we set ourselves up perfect for, and I, I can't remember his name exactly, um, but the OC for KC. you know, everyone puts him as the number one.
0: Yeah. Everyone's talking about him. I forget his name starts with a B felony. Yeah. Um, but everyone's like hyped about that. And then everyone's also like hyped about tanking now. Yeah. And, uh, I don't necessarily Listen, I don't, want to watch, like, a whole tanking season. I also don't want to watch a 7-9 season. Definitely not.
1: So I'd kind of rather watch a tanking season. And, and it sucks, and I'm not saying I want to draft Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying I want to trade Matt. But enough of this. I mean, if you look at last year. What did 7-9 get us? I don't remember any of the, the Falcons' wins from last year.
0: All I remember is we went seven and nine. No, I mean, we had the sixteenth pick of the draft. I remember beating the Saints in New Orleans, and Young Ku had two successful onside kicks and scored a ton of points on the Saints. Yes, that was the only win I know. But I do remember a lot of losses last season. Yeah, I get it. And also, we've lived through that being Hawks fans, like being mediocre and being the eighth seed in the playoffs. Like doesn't you know where... it doesn't get you anywhere in the long term, um, and and. Touting the record of, like, most consecutive seasons of making the playoffs is, like, it's not that fire, actually. It's the, hey, look at how many years I've dated my beautiful sister. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. Okay, then change up the uniforms so I have something to care about, I guess. Right. So.
1: I I need to retract a statement from our first first podcast about how I didn't love the Falcons uniforms. They do look pretty fire on the field. Really, you've come around. Yeah, as long as well, I haven't seen the gradient red yet, I think those are still going to be pretty atrocious. Only wearing that one. Time. <laughs> and I still this year. think they missed by not going more retro and classic, but these are fire.
0: I mean, they are they do have a straight up black retro that they they will right. wear. Um, so this is kind of like a new a new thing. I think the all white looks remarkable. Like way better than I ever expected yep. it to um and and then i hear that they might be mixing and matching too it might be like black top white pants on some some games that's going to be a bad look yeah i'm not really sure that's like it reminds me of the mix and match hawks now horford sunday 230 games against orlando <laughs> <laughs> dude we lost every game we wore the those oh, uniforms the gr- granite gray georgia granite gray tops and
1: red shorts dude, those uniforms set us up for like a 79 to 83 loss Sunday afternoon. I mean, just the worst. At the Magic, Ugh. at Charlotte too. I think we watched Pro- I mean, those have to be those games at yeah. Charlotte, at the Magic, at the Pacers. Yeah,
0: <laughs> games nobody's watching yeah. anyway. Uh, just, just pick, pick whatever you feel like and wear them on the on the court that night. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, like, uh, shout out to the Falcons though for sending me a customized jersey uh number 20 with my last name luke on the back that was unexpected and very appreciated and i will share it on social media as soon as i get my get it back from the framers i was uh thinking that it would be a cool zoom background if i was able to frame it on the wall so that's happening soon so um marketing people at falcons you'll get your tweets just uh wait till I get it back so I can take a picture but it that's was...
1: that's crazy they didn't want to hook me up with my 69 twitter followers and my huge following of <laughs> everyone that keeps up with me so
0: <laughs> what would you get on the back Hagar? yeah probably Tyag? ag t ag t ag tight tyler maybe tight Ty- tyler are were you Ty tyler or are you I'm tough was, tyler i was tough tyler okay there there were a lot of different Tylers in the Atlanta Hawks six man section during the glory days. And uh, you were tough, Tyler. Really, just two. Well, it felt like a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of personalities. There. A lot of personalities in that. Um, do you remember dancing on the Sprite Jam Cam and winning? I don't. Must have had some Miller Lights that night. I think that was like one of the first times I, I had like met you. Oh it's a good impression we were we were at a game together in the six man section and this you you somehow got on the jam cam you know you have to go out into the aisle to dance yeah for them to actually catch you on the camera and yeah you want it
1: I remember when we first started six man section one of the first playoff games I painted my body all white for the white out and um, it was latex paint and we didn't realize it and we got it in her hair and it was like ripping balloons out of your hair uh, like like 150 of them I'm like, oh this is worth it
0: wait you didn't have to do your hair
1: i know I, did, I just didn't know that it wasn't for your hair i thought it'd be cool slicked back white hair
0: you know mike pence style mike pence style <laughs> with a fly on your head if you could go back in history or in a time machine you could put a fly on your head i could probably have one on there you know what's weird about that fly though? Is it was so funny for like 30 minutes and then it wasn't funny anymore. You know like it it had it ran its like social media cycle. It was quick. That fast. Yeah.
1: And then SNL just beat it into the ground.
0: Yeah, I was optimistic like the first the first episode of SNL was like rough and then I was like, "Oh, maybe they'll turn it around and do something funny with this fly." And then 30 minutes later, I was like, no, they won't. And then, yeah, they, it was atrocious. It wasn't great. I, I do love Jim Carrey's Biden, though. You do? Yeah, I think it's great. Like, what is it about it? Is it the faces? I it's mean, the faces. It's like Jim Carrey's a face maker guy. Yeah.
1: It, it's not even that close to
0: Biden. It's just funny. I thought Keenan Thompson was a pretty funny uh, fly. Yeah. I know he was playing Herman Cain, right. but, like, just his fly voice was funny. I think that was his Herman Cain voice. I think it's just Keenan's voice as a fly. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty crazy how long he's been able to be on that show, like longer than the Hawks playoff run. Do you think he touts that, or is it like marrying your
1: sister? Like, hey, dude, are you gonna go do anything else? He's like, I'm good, man. I'm content.
0: Yeah. And there's something special to to that to being that. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever tried like sketch comedy? Uh no. Yeah, I don't think I would be good at it. I I like watch people do sketch comedy like improv theater and I like cringe for them. I'm like this is, this is really bad. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. SNL's kinda degraded to that, I guess. But what what would happen if SNL decided to um do something about this Dodgers Braves game that we're still sitting through? <sighs>
1: I don't know, man. I, I think you'd have to you know, dress them in Falcons jerseys out in the baseball field. or oh, that's, that's rough, dude. Although I guess the Falcons just give up the big leads. They're not down
0: 15-1. Yeah, what is it about the Falcons that they they can always like put up numbers and then they can't later? I don't know if it's just a mindset from the coaches that, I don't know, I feel like you kind of always have to play like you're down. Yeah, just, I mean, what is... What is your, like, expectations for the rest of the season with the new uh, interim head coach, Raheem Morris?
1: I mean, I'm sure we'll go four and seven and miss out on the number one pick by two wins and have the third pick and pick some defensive end who is decent. And, you know.
0: Yeah, you don't expect any, like, big splashes or big trades. Because, like, Arthur Blank will always say, like, he said in his statement this week, like, I'm willing to spend the money to build a team.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I think he's probably one of the best owners in sports in the same way that you say a good manager removes roadblocks. I think he's a like the Hawks owner in terms of like he's writing the checks. He has some oversight, but for the most part, he's going to let you run your team. And that's kind of what you need to to be a successful franchise. I think in any sport is let the experts handle it. Um, you know, look at what Jerry Jones has done. Like He's their GM and they haven't made it to the NFC championship game in what 20 years? Yeah, it's or a, net? it's a mess.
0: It really is a mess down there.
1: Yeah, you're a fan
0: uh tangentially at these days. Yeah. But you got a feel for Dak Prescott though. I mean, the injury was was bad and yep. he's a really nice guy. He's gone through a lot this year. You you can't help but like hope he gets better and gets paid
1: yeah that's the part that's that's a little that's just so tough is like you know on one hand, I get it it's like you know you wanna you want you wanna get your money and that kind of thing, but also it's like it's not like Jerry Jones offered him nothing. They offered to pay him thirty five million dollars a year. It's like you yeah. get betting yourself, it's also like you're gonna bet yourself this is
0: kind of the downside to it, yeah, I just hope that he's a able to come back he will and he'll be back and be just as good if not better and 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 still like find a way to like set himself up for the yeah. rest of his life well
1: I think I think the Cowboys will still take care of him I don't think well, I don't think he's gonna be better after this um, but I think he'll be back to a similar level and I think with the, you know he got surgery so quickly and he's already in recovery and you know I think he left the hospital this week um, that's amazing pretty crazy that is so crazy so you know definitely feel for him like that's i mean i can't even imagine like the trauma of like trying to even walk on that leg again with that fear of knowing that happened um so i mean there's going to be some mental hurdles to overcome as well but
0: i mean but there are examples like first of all he's in excellent shape but you look at like paul george you know, had a horrific injury, and yep. uh, Gordon Haywood did too. And they they were able Alex to Smith. Come back. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith actually just took the field again, right? Or... Do you see that? uh
1: He was contemplating texting Dak or not because he felt like if he texted him, he would have scared the shit out of Dak. Like oh, he's like, really? oh great, Alex Smith texting me, the guy who almost died and had his leg amputated.
0: Dang. So, oh man,
1: I think he ended up texting him, but he definitely thought about it. <sighs>
0: that's scary man
1: yeah. I it's can't really believe, dark I can't believe he wants to play again some people's passion burn I guess in different ways and we all have our passions and you know his is football so I get it that way but I mean after the two years of rehab and pain and
0: yeah I know and like shout out to his family too cause like they have to endure all of it and help and all, all facets of life and then Watch him go back out there, mm. and every play is like a tense moment because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: What a game to come back and have to play against Donald.
0: You just hope that he goes easy on you, right? That, you know. So one thing I wanted to ask you about back when we were talking about the Hawks was uh, that State Farm Arena is now a voting center for Fulton County, and it looks like a lot of people are going there to vote. They've got over three hundred voting machines. Coach Lloyd Pierce has been out there uh, to kind of like, I guess, help people with the voting process, or uh, I, I don't know, just be a greeter, uh, which I think is a really cool thing to like, be the face of the organization, be the face of driving the vote. Um, you're a Fulton County resident. Have you been out there yet? I haven't been out there yet. Um, and honestly, I didn't,
1: when they announced it, I was like, "Oh okay, cool. Like I didn't think it was that big a deal. I, and I guess I just never realized, because the voting locations I've gone to in the past have never been terrible. and I've never paid that close attention to how long other people are waiting, but the accessibility that they're providing to the residents of Fulton county is is an awesome act and something that was needed. And you know we're we're repeatedly hearing wait times at the most of thirty minutes. Where you're not disrupting people's day, and they can go and they can they can, you know, have their voice heard. And you know, I think it's really powerful for, you know, a blue blue county like Fulton, one with a lot of residents, and that's important in the presidential race, to make sure that every person's vo- voice is heard. Um, and you know, depending regardless of who you're voting for, um, you'll be able to cast your vote in under thirty minutes, which seems like it should be a right for every single person in this country. But
0: right. Know, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it today. I've voted before in libraries and churches and just different community centers. And by nature, those places are small. You know, I mean, they're, they're made for gatherings of maybe a few hundred people right. at most, but they're not a basketball arena for a pro team. So like this, just the sheer capacity, it's a, it's a luxury to be able to accommodate that many people at yeah. once um and cool. And what I think is also cool as a basketball fan and as a hawks fan is that a lot of Fulton County residents are going there to vote that have never even been in the arena before, yeah, and they're getting to walk all the way down and walk down onto the floor and see the building for the first time from the inside um and maybe just maybe that kind of ingratiates the team a little bit more amongst the community,
1: yeah, and as important as I think that is. I think what's more important is it gives this cool factor of voting. Hey, come vote and see behind the scenes of State Farm Arena, basically something that maybe me and you have seen plenty of times. But it's a really cool aspect where not only can you go vote and and you know change the the, the fate of this country um, or continue it if that's what you're into and um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know you can have a really cool experience and. What's awesome is, you know, the Hawks, you know, as as mediocre or bad or you know, non-clutch as the team has been, um, the experience has always been really number one. Whether it's food and beverage, whether it's fan experience, whether it's game ops, game entertainment, and what they've done is they've taken all that power uh, from 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 those segments of the business, whether it's the guest experience or whether it's the production. Um, they've taken all these expertise and all these different capabilities, and they've thrown them behind voting. So not only is it a cool building, not only are there a ton of machines, but you're going to be greeted. You're gonna you're gonna have a, you know you're gonna have this. It's just going to be a pleasant experience. Yeah, not something that you're used to doing. It's not going to be pulling fingernails. It's going to be hey, if shit goes wrong, he, you know we'll take care of it. We're going to make you comfortable, and we're going to get you in and out. And this is this is a right that everyone should have.
0: Yeah, and what I think is also really cool is Hawks employees are there to help you find parking and help you realize the parking's free and, like, guide you through the building and all of that. Like, I had a friend text me the other day and say, I just voted and I met Steve Holman. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Steve Holman was there, like, greeting people. And I think that that's really cool. Like, you met the voice of the Hawks today and you casted your vote. Yep. Um, or, or you shared a, a high five with like your friend that works for the team or whatever it might yeah. be. And, and again, like the, the Lloyd Pierce thing, I don't care what he does on the basketball court anymore. Like he's endeared himself to me as a citizen of Atlanta mm-hmm. and, and what, and the leadership he's showing uh, in, in the community. So like, that's, that's just so cool. I never thought that uh, sports could, be bigger than that, and and we're learning that more and more each day, and uh, over the past few years on how sports uh, is so much bigger than um, just what happens on the court or the field.
1: Yeah, and as much as you know, the employees, you know, it's probably not how I would want to spend my day, but I think there what you know each employee is required to work a certain amount of these twelve-hour shifts. You know, they're there and they're putting this time in to make sure that we have this experience. And whether they're excited about it right now or whether it is, you know, kind of an annoying process for them, I think they're going to look back and realize that they were part of something really cool
0: that um, really did help a lot of people. Yeah. And by them doing this, it's setting the example for other cities that have arenas. And I know a lot of other NBA teams have opened their arenas to similar uh, voting Yep, um, I think somewhere like right, like either twelve or fourteen, other NBA teams have done it. Yeah, and I could see this becoming more of a trend, like in further elections. Like, why not use the biggest capacity buildings in your cities and like turn them into polling? Well, a lot of
1: times, they're owned by the city anyway.
0: Use exactly. It. Yeah, they should be using them instead of like. A church that, uh, you know, that can only hold, like, 20 people at a time in their activity center. It should be on these buildings. And these buildings were built to welcome the community anyway. Right. In the biggest way. So I I look forward to, like, seeing what happens in the future with, like, if teams really want to double down and say, like, hey, like, we are an active player in our community. And we're going to do this more so, like, uh... In the actions that we do outside of the sports
1: I mean you'd hope they do it there's literally no downside it's not like they're saying hey if you vote here you can only vote for the Democrat you know that's running you know it's good for both sides and it's more people to vote and um, it's you know way to do it in a
0: really standardized and and legit way yeah and you get more people that are feeling like they did something feeling like they're part of it and uh, you get a more authentic representation of like what the people actually want, because people feel like their voice would matter.
1: I'm pumped, man. I mean, I think it's you know we talk about people you know doing things the right way and how Arthur Blank does things the right way and feels the treatment the right way and you know the Hawks. This isn't a Hawks podcast. You mm-hmm. and I love the Hawks, so it's gonna bleed into it, but. They're doing everything the right way. They're taking care of the community. They're doing taking the fans. They're taking care of the building. They're taking care of downtown. They're doing all these different things, and they're going to be a winner someday. They're just yeah. doing it the right way, and I think I mean even in the bubble, we saw Lemon Pepper Lou just couldn't resist coming up here. Like that's because Atlanta influences everything. Yeah, you know <laughs> these these players love ATL. I mean I know Lou's from
0: here, but yeah, I I. I that, That's that's another thing that I think is just a matter of time. And and you might as well be part of it now. Uh, Like, if you're in Fuller County, go vote at the stadium or at the arena. And uh, when they open back up, like, go to a game and just show some support and, like, be proud of where you live and where you vote and where you pay taxes. I think that that's uh, ultimately going to make you happier uh, to be where you are. Definitely. I was talking to a friend um, earlier today about like people that love to tell you that they they used to live in another city and like they're, they're not not so proud to like claim where they are. So in this example, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to live in L.A. The guy that's always telling you about used to living in L.A. And I'm like. Bro, you live in Atlanta now. Like, you want to claim Atlanta, or you want to just get the hell out of here? Like, that—that's—that's—it's just so irritating. Like to yeah. be in that mindset, right? You pay your taxes here, you vote here. Like, own it.
1: If LA is so great,
0: get out of here. <laughs> well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been another uh, Atlanta sports night for us, and uh, still fifteen to one. The tides will turn. I, I'm not so worried about this year, this series, this game, that kind of thing. I'm worried about this year. (laughs) You're up 2-0 in the NLCS.
1: (laughs) Need to do something.
0: We've got a true, you know, sports is our our outlet. It's an entertainment, and I love it when the team plays well. Yeah. That's all that matters. All right. Thanks, guys. Go on. Mm -hmm.